Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive and industrial manufacturing industries and supporting ecosystems, and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world a better place, it's time to run and drive and manufacture with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're here with season six of one of our longest running series, The Future of Mobility and Manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Interesting show for you today. Let me give you two buzz quotes to open here. I'm here on Zoom with my three experts, and we'll talk to them in just a second. Buzz number one. Outcome selling, okay, I dropped it on you. Outcome selling is our topic, is a framework that prioritizes a customer's desired outcomes. Now, I said customer's desired outcomes, rather than simply pushing the sale of your product. Kind of turns the whole thing around. Outcomes are long-term gains that result from a product's benefits. That's a quote from blog at HubSpot. Now, I have a quote from HBR, HarvardBusinessReview.org. Listen up. Suppose you owned an airline, and you ordered an engine from Rolls-Royce or GE. What are you really looking for? A piece of machinery? I don't think so. Or a powerful, safe, and reliable means to deliver air passengers to their destinations. This question has been top of mind among manufacturers who are aiming to drive profitable growth, triggering a fundamental shift in the way a business operates that focuses on outcomes. Now you have a real-life definition. For example, when Rolls-Royce or GE provide a power-by-the-hour engine solution, they're delivering an outcome and potentially more value to their customers. So there you go. Let me give you a little bit more before we meet our guests. As manufacturing companies shift from selling equipment to selling solutions and outcomes, their sales organizations, their processes, and their technology need to shift accordingly. Everything needs to go. It's a mindset. It's a business set. Only when you can achieve deeper collaboration between your sales and engineering and the integration of your front and back offices can sales teams excite and influence customer decision-making. You still want them to buy from you, but what exactly is it that you're selling? We have three wonderful people on the panel today. We have Gustavo Milan at SAP. It's been way too long since I've met with you, Gustavo. Welcome back. We have two newcomers. We have Hank Meter at Hank Meter at Echelon Solutions Group, and we'll find out what Echelon does when he introduces himself. And we have Vishal Katervedi at IBM. Welcome, Vishal. I'm going to ask them for their insights on how manufacturing companies can shorten sales cycles. Well, wouldn't you all love to do that? Increase revenue, that's the bottom line, and boost customer satisfaction. Our topic today is from selling equipment to selling outcomes, intelligent technology. Welcome, welcome again, and I want to do a quick shout out to our series sponsor at SAP, Judy Cubis, who is listening here. Thank you, Judy. So let's go to introductions. Gustavo. Please take a couple of minutes, introduce yourself to our audience, tell them what you do, why you do it, what's your passion for this topic. Gustavo, welcome back. Great, uh, Bonnie. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, again, my name is Gustavo Milan. I am part of the Global Industrial Machinery and Components Business Unit at SAP. Long, long t- title. Uh, my role as an industry advisor is to bring deep knowledge and understanding of the industry to our customers. 
and uh, provide, I would say, clear guidance uh, to help them maximize the value that they have when they invest in any of our solutions. Um, I would say that ultimately um, what, I, what I do is I provide, or the goal is to provide better experiences to our customers and help them become more resilient, um, especially when we think about the evolving industry trends and how market conditions are changing all the time. Um, so that's that's what I do at SAP. Um, I think that's kind of aligned with one of my passions, which is helping others enjoy time, you know, spending time with people, uh, helping others become better. Uh, and I believe that since I think I'm a good listener, um, it helps me a lot. It motivates me to do, you know, a better work professionally and, and personally. So that's my, my, my job at SAP. I'm the bridge between the customer and, and the SAP organization as a whole. Thank you very much. And and just quickly, Gustavo, what's your passion for this topic, this new way of thinking, outcome selling, not product selling? I'm not going to sell you a hammer. I'm going to sell you the result of what the hammer does when you put the hammer to the nail. What do you get? So what's your quick overview thought, Gustavo? Why is this important to you? This is, inv- this is very important because the, I think customers in general, especially after the pandemic, uh, the acceleration of the future to me has become like customers in the industry are expecting to have the similar, uh, you know, business to consumer like experience. They they want to be able to invest in the equipment, but they are looking at the outcome of that. They're not looking to make an investment on a capital investment so much as they used to do. They want to uh, get more value from that, and I think that requires um, a big change in the in the way these companies make uh, their current business models. And I think that. Uh, my passion around that is how can I make this a reality? How can I be the, the, the middle person to listen what their customers are asking for? And how, how can I influence that uh, at SAP so that we create solutions uh, that are going to address the needs of those customers? Uh, is, is my passion. I, would re- I, will brief, I will summarize that you know, industry are, is changing uh, very much and, and there, ha- there is a need for... for uh, improvement and, and innovation around that area. Thank you very much, Gustavo. Now let's talk to one of our newcomers, Hank Meter. And I have to tell everybody, I have the privilege of looking at one of Hank's original drawings. I wish you could all see it, but maybe somebody will post clips from the video. He is sharing it as a virtual background. I am in, enamored of your artistic talents. Hank, but we want to know about your business talents now. So please do me the honor of introducing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here and what do you know about outcome selling? Hank Meter, welcome. Right. No, I have yes. Uh, I'm, I'm. Thank you very much, and I'm. I'm delighted to be on on the show today and uh, to talk about not my art, but rather uh, outcome selling. So I'm. I'm with uh, a company called Echelon Solutions Group. We are. We are an SAP implementation partner. I am the variant configuration lead at Echelon, and my role is basically to help customers implement configuration technology for products or for solutions. Um, that's that's a, a long and very complex topic and I don't want to get too deep into detail on it, um, but that's basically me. My passion there, if I may start on my passion already, Bonnie? Mm-hmm. Yes? yes, is my passion there is actually, <clears throat> I love configuration. Uh, it is my passion. And especially solution configuration, that's my passion. I discovered it years ago 
um, actually from, uh, I was a customer of SAP at the time and working very closely with SAP developers. They were deeply grounded in AI and um, basically infected me with their, their own passion for AI, which is the foundation of, of configuration. And um, I, because of that, I, I love doing what, I love going to customers, helping them implement ways of being able to communicate better with their customers, because that's really what it's about. Thank you very much. I love to hear when technology and business excite people, Hank. And you talked about exciting. You talked about AI. You talked about configuration. That's what we're. That's what we want to know. That's what we want to convey. That business is challenging. There's always something you have to deal with. But the excitement and the idea we're talking yeah. about outcomes—they've always been there, right? We just mm-hmm. didn't talk about them. We didn't. Of course, we were selling outcome-based manufacturers, outcome-based results. But you didn't say, "Hey, that's the house you're building." Oh, my hammer helped to put the nails in in the roof of that house, and now you have a dry house because of the roof. We didn't talk about those. We talked about what what size hammer do you want? How many nails do you want? So I think it's time, isn't it? It's time that we bring this to the forefront. Happy to have you here, Hank, and uh, looking forward to a lot more insights from you. And now let's get to our third guest. He is Vishal. Vishal, let me let you introduce yourself at IBM. You're a newcomer. I just met you an hour ago. Very happy to make your acquaintance. Vishal, welcome and tell us what you do and what's your excitement about this topic, please. Yeah, thanks, uh, Bonnie. I'm glad to be here uh, and a part of uh, this group. So uh, I work with IBM Global Industry Team. And I actually uh, am fortunate to work with clients, which are both on the maker side of equipment and the operator side of equipment. And uh, with this, I see that uh, this big shift which is happening, customers are becoming more smart, Mm. right? And with the emergence of new technologies, uh, this ecosystem of uh, industrial manufacturers who are making the equipments and uh, the the clients which are using these equipments, the boundaries are dulling, uh, and customers have many more opportunities uh, to get services. Uh, there are many startups coming up. Uh, there are pressures uh, building up on the old industrial uh, manufacturers who have been running it in the conventional way. So uh, this topic is very interesting to me because I see this shift happening in both sides. Uh, as part of the uh, global industry team in IBM. And uh, yeah, I, I get, I'm fortunate uh, to work uh, with with uh, uh, teams uh, which are led by people like Gustavo and Hank. Uh, so, so very happy to be part of this. Uh, I'm personally also involved in some of the transformations where clients are trying to sell or sh- uh, trying to move towards this shift of selling outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I see that this this sounds very uh, uh, a new uh, trend, but it's easier said than done. So it's mm-hmm. it's easier. Uh, uh, it will be very interesting to see who rides this wave and who fails and who comes uh, uh, with shiny colors. So yeah, very interesting perspective. Thank you for that, Vishal. So that's, are they riding the wave? Will they succeed at it? Interesting. Thank you all for the introductions. Hank wants to say something. Go ahead, Hank. Oh, I just wanted to, I was actually going to wait until later, but I'll say it. Uh, Vishal just said something very, very interesting, which was easier said than done. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's very, very true. It is easier said than done. And I think, but where I'd like to go, and I don't want to do that right now because I don't want to hijack this show, is okay. how you go from saying it to doing it. Yep. And that's going to be our, the core of our discussion. But thank you for that. It, Vishal, you also said something about the boundaries are dulling. And it's yeah. it's a, a mindset. It's a shift that has to happen. So there's a lot to talk about here. And again, compliments right. to Judy for picking this topic. I think Gustavo might have had something to do with that as well. Very interesting topic. We haven't talked about this in a long time. Now is the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a movie, a song, a TV show character that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. I don't know too many songs and movies about outcome-based selling, manufacturing. So <laughs> they're going to tell us yeah. in the yeah, that was a challenge, gentlemen. They're going to tell us in their own words what in the world the quote they picked has to do with the topic. This is going to be interesting. So Gustavo Milan has sent sent us a quote. It's the title of a song by John Mayer. It's back in 2006. Oh my, it's 15 years ago. Hard yeah. to believe. Singer-songwriter John Mayer. It was the lead, I'll tell you the name in a second. It was the lead single from his third studio album, Continuum, in August 2006. The song won the Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance at the 49th Grammy Awards. Let me just, may I read the lyrics before we get to your line Gustavo is that okay sounds good yeah okay now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it we just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and beat it it's not that we don't care we just know that the fight ain't fair one day our generation is going to rule the population here comes the line so keep on waiting waiting on the world to change I love the line it gives me goosebumps Gustavo (laughs) what does this have to do with our topic go ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like this because <clears throat> I think, you know, kind of adding what you just uh, read about this song or the, the title of the song is that rather than being an agent of change, the, the, the man in the song basically insists that he and his friends are, they feel helpless uh, to make a difference in the world. And, and they, they are like, they feel powerful uh, and they want maybe wait for others to do the hard work for them. And then Basically, they say, is, is this right? Is this fair? Is this you? So I picked the, the, that quote because I think that it is obviously applies to the topic that we're talking about here today. And I believe it reminds us that companies need to be agile and they need, need to be flexible to shift their business models um, and reinvent themselves. You know? And that requires transformation of the, core business, of the core business. So they can wait for others to make the change. So making the shift on the business model, I think rather than just trying to stay afloat makes it more sense given that there is high stakes today, especially in the nature of the digital environment in which we live, which is pushing all these companies in the industry to to make a big leap. Um, and, and then that requires that they have to put a sound strategy and commit to make this specific, a specific uh, set of big changes. So you rather wait for the market to you know, change something or you go ahead and do that. So I think that's the big thing as, as Vishal was saying before. It's a hard change. It's easier to say, uh, but harder to execute. Uh, but you have to, you have to do it anyways. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for the interesting quote. That's a song I was not aware of, and it was political, and there are lots of commentary. There is lots of commentary from John Mayer about why he made this song. Thank you very much, Gustavo. Hank Meter, let's look at your quote. I'm learning to pronounce the source of the quote. It's Galadriel, played by Kate Blanchett. In the movie The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring 2001, Galadriel is a character created by J.R.R. Tolkien in his Middle-Earth Legendarium. There's a big word. She appears in Lord of the Rings, a similarian and unfinished tale. She's a royal elf of both the Noldor and the Teleri. She's a grandchild of both King Finwy and King Olwy. I'm just going to stop there because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Here is the quote Hank has selected. He's having a good time watching me stumble through this. For the time will soon come when hobbits will shape the fortunes of all. Oh, Hank, this is another one. Very interesting. Talk to me. Okay, so... um The emphasis is actually less on Galadriel here and more on hobbits. And the question then is, what are hobbits? And I think most of us kind of know what hobbits are. They're they're three to four feet tall. They have furry feet. They love well-ordered countrysides. They love working in their gardens. And what does this have to do with our topic? What it has to do with our topic is that we're, we're all kind of like hobbits, but especially in this topic of selling outcomes, selling solutions, the, the key there, and this, this ties into what I, I talked about a little bit earlier, about it's easier to say than to do. The doing requires something we call modeling. And modeling, when you think about it, is a little bit like gardening. It's something that you're tending to, that you're giving a lot of attention to. It's not, maybe you're doing a little bit of weeding, maybe you're growing this, maybe you're growing that, but it's really an organic kind of thing. And I guess that that is really the connection. I don't want to go into too much detail relative to modeling, but I would like to say that that, that to me is actually the core of what solution selling and outcome selling is all about. Thank you very much, Hank. Really appreciate that. I'm not uh, not a big follower of those movies, so you introduced me to an interesting character. If Kate Blanchett played her, I need to know about her. There we go. Vishal has sent us a quote from, let me find your quote here. One second here. Okay. Peter Brand, played by Jonah Hill. Everybody knows this character. The movie was Moneyball, 2011 American biographical sports drama directed by Bennett Miller, written by Steven Zalian and Aaron Sorkin. There's a big name based on Michael Lewis's 2003 nonfiction book of the same name. It's an account of the Oakland Athletics, the Oakland A baseball team's 2002 season and their general manager, Billy Bean, his attempts to assemble a competitive team. And here is the quote. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. Ooh, good quote, Vishal. Help me out here. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I think this was uh, one of my favorite movies. And this was an amazing movie where uh, this uh, general manager of this team is trying to uh, get uh, uh, win the season by buying expensive players. Uh, and then he meets this apprentice from uh, economics background and he tries to tell him that if we want to focus on wins, which is more important, uh, uh, then you don't need to look for 
all the good players right so i i foresee i i connect this when companies are trying to sell their products uh, trying to make their products best trying to make their services best trying to make their additional uh, equipments or materials uh, as the best thing for the customers uh, when you shift your focus completely to what customer needs or customer kpis instead of selling your own products and services uh, it completely changes the game right uh, like what happened in the movie this guy went through various challenges and in the end it was a drastic it completely changed the game uh, of how teams are being managed in the baseball Uh, history uh, by the way this was based on a true story so i i was quite inspired uh, yeah so that that was a connection and uh, uh, i think uh, we are talking about a game changer here right mm-hmm. uh, as your show uh, and uh, uh, if uh, we if the industrial manufacturers can shift their vision uh, towards focusing on what customer wants they can save a lot of money and they they are set for a strategic differentiation uh, Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Vishal. I want to thank all three of you, Gustavo, Hank, and Vishal, for picking such very interesting quotes. Very much appreciated. Now is the part of the show where we have asked each of the panelists to send four statements about the topic. I will pick one from each of them. I'm going to go around the table. I've got one selected from Gustavo. I'll read just a little bit because he wrote me a, a novel here, which I appreciate because you're educating <laughs> me, Gustavo. That's great. I'll read a little bit about it, the first sentence or so. I'm going to ask Gustavo to take about three minutes, expand it, what we say on the news, unpack it, please. And then the magic sauce, I'll ask Hank Meter to come in and agree or disagree. And Hank, don't be afraid to disagree with Gustavo, we already prepared him for the shock if you do. And then we'll get Vishal to come in and agree or disagree with Gustavo and or with Hank. That's a mouthful. So here we go. Here's what Gustavo told me. He said, industrial manufacturers need to be able to personalize and customize solutions and deliver those personalized solutions at near standard cost to meet their customers' expectations. So let's talk about that personalizing and customizing. Gustavo, you're up. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Bonnie. Yeah, I, uh, what I want to emphasize in this uh, is basically that what we see in the industry today is that selling products is definitely no longer an advantage. Most of the OEMs are, I would say, are facing you know, an ever-challenging competitive market in which the threat of commoditization in the product level uh, makes it no longer an advantage. So, therefore... Um, what I think is that OEMs need to focus on transitioning from that traditional uh, selling equipment model to the solution selling uh, selling solution model and bring kind of the next phase of growth um, and, and, and that will make a competitive differentiator for them. Uh, so in the solution business model, um, what what I see is super important here is that OEMs have to be able to bundle the physical equipment Uh, with the added value services. And that typically includes services contracts, subscription contracts, installation services, uh, even consumable products and digital digital services and subscriptions. And that's the way in which we see the industry is moving forward. Again, traditional equipment sales business is under pressure and and that requires that companies need to evolve. Uh, They have to look at different uh, areas for growing their their revenue models. They have to look at how they can improve business and and look at the operational uh, 
uh, side of the of this of the house to be able to deliver those solutions to the customers. Uh, so that's my my idea around that topic, which is super critical in the industry these days. Thank you very much, Gustavo. Good introduction. Hank Meter, you're up. Agree or disagree? We're counting on you to raise the bar here, Hank. Go ahead. <laughs> I do agree um, to a degree. So the <laughs> I, I agree to a degree because I think it's very, very clear that things are transitioning. They're transitioning from simply selling products to sim to selling solutions. This is this is obvious to everybody. It needs to happen. Um, the part that I sort of disagree with is that is where, but I also dis, I also agree with it, and that's why I said to a degree. It's because. The answer there is not just packaging services together with products, together with other products or whatever into solutions. The key is actually being able to determine what the customer's need is because we want to sell outcomes. Those outcomes need to match to customer's needs. Mm -hmm. So we really, that's where we really need to focus on what I always uh, call going outside in. So starting with a customer, working in toward the technical characteristics of the products or the services or whatever it is that, that we're wanting to, um, wanting to sell. Thank you very much. It sounds like listening is very important here, Hank, right? Listening Absolutely. And knowing the right, the right questions to ask. Vishal, yes. let's get you in on this. Agree. I'm getting an echo on somebody's mic there. Vishal, let's get you in and agree or disagree with what Gustavo said and or what Hank added. Go ahead, Vishal. Yeah, so I absolutely agree. And uh, there are two different uh, flavors uh, of very important point. Uh, what does selling outcomes really mean, right? So uh, for some of the industrial manufacturers, uh, it is uh, adding additional services to specific products that they are personalizing for the customers, like Gustavo said. Uh, then some industrial manufacturers are moving to the next step of providing value added services or process optimization, which is over and above just adding uh, some services and value adds. And then uh, there is, on the end of the spectrum is the outcomes where you are just charging the customer on what is the outcome that customer is looking for, not the value, uh, not the solution, not the bundle of product or services. So I think uh, uh, I'm just trying to put the whole picture together. Uh, it's a journey towards uh, how much ambitious you can be uh, to sell outcomes to the clients and uh, yeah, uh, the the rewards are very high, but at the time, uh, at the same time, risks and challenges in delivering and reaching that stage is also also uh, increases. Interesting. So, yeah. Can you give me an example of a, of the biggest risk, Vishal? Yeah. So, for example, if you are uh, instead of charging the customer for your services, for example, it can be a maintenance service or a data inside service. Uh, which you are providing or a process optimization that you are doing, you are saying, I will only charge you once uh, uh, depending on your uh, efficiency or throughput of production. Uh, I will only charge you uh, how many goods you produced, how many good packs you produced or how many uh, parts uh, you have uh, produced. Then you are taking the entire ownership of the involved components of production, equipment, maintenance, any any defaults which can happen, 
on the on the customer side on your head right uh, you are taking that risk cover you are also taking the uh, financial interest in case there is delay in the production right so uh, you are promising a kpi but at the same time you you have more control so you have to take care of all these things uh, you have more control but you have to add the cost of risks and uh, manage it well so that's where what hank said deeper you study um, the more knowledge you have the more data understanding you have about customer situation the better you can control it but it's uh, it's it's a emerging thing right uh, selling the customer kpi is the end of the spectrum i would say as outcome Thank you. Thank you for that. Anybody have any comments, Gustavo? This was your yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the last point, Vishal, you touched is, is super important when we think about uh, the uh, outcome-based economy. In, and you're touching a great point about, you know, you're taking risk as an OEM when you take responsibility of, of that piece of equipment that's, that the customer is expecting to, to get something out of it, right? So uh, we look at that in, in, a, in different ways. We, we think that being able to offer a commercial um, contract and being able to profitably anticipate, you know, what is going to happen with this in the long term, uh, being able to look at the revenues, at the cost, at the outcomes, uh, KPIs and SLAs of obviously throughout the life cycle of the, of the outcome-based service contract becomes super critical for them. And that's the big, I think that's the big challenge for most of our, of our, of our um, OEMs on industrial manufacturers be able to profitably anticipate how is that contract going to look like in the long term. Thank you, Gustavo. Right. Good. And thank you for a great topic kicking off our roundtable. Gustavo, appreciate it. Hank, I'm looking at your statement number one. It's packed. I learned a lot. I'm just going to read a little bit. I think the first one. You talk about Solution selling is traditionally defined as tailoring a product or a set of products, including services, together to better meet a customer's need. Solution configuration transforms solution selling through the application of AI. Let's take this ride to AI together. Hank, talk to me. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, solution selling has been around for a long, long time. Um, it's, It's not new. It's always been, I mean, typically it, it was, you know, a salesperson meets with customer, talks to customer, listens to customer, determines the customer's needs, determines based on their own product knowledge, the, the product or the set of products that could actually fulfill the customer's requirements um, <clears throat> or desired outcomes, let's say. So the, the issue there, well, so that, that's something that takes place in, in the salesperson's own head. So now the big topic today or nowadays is digital transformation, taking processes and so on and actually making them quicker, making them easier, making them better through the application of digital technologies. In this case, we have, and this is where we get back to the how that, we, that, I, that I've been sort of emphasizing. How do we actually do the, the outcome-based selling? You do it through configurators. And these configurators are actually, they should be based on artificial intelligence um, and basically taking, taking the, yeah, based on artificial intelligence, based on inferencing. So you can, you can uh, uh, characterize, you, you identify the technical characteristics of a product, you identify the needs that the customer has, and then you do mappings 
between the needs and the, char the technical characteristics in order to determine what the, what the customer actually requires. That's, sort, that's it in a sort of a nutshell. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting, Hank. Let's go around the table and get some comments here. Vishal, you happen to be virtually sitting next to Hank, so I'm going to ask you to agree or disagree. Go ahead, Vishal. Yeah, so Hank, uh, uh, it, it's a great point, but uh, I would I would partially agree, uh, not completely. Uh, AI. Uh, so this is an emerging model, right? As as we talked about, uh, once we go to a customer and try to sell him an outcome uh, based, based contract, uh, it's it's important to have uh, understand the needs. Uh, we can build those rules into the system. This can be a configurator. Companies which have access to the data of those clients for if they have already sold equipment, it can also use that intelligence. But the, the new thing which is coming here is uh, when you put a price number to it, uh, to this outcome, right? Uh, this will be based on some calculation that you are doing based on a forecast that you will be able to control this outcome while you deliver, right? And there has to be a continuous learning of this if you want to build this configurator. Uh, again, uh, based on how your contract performed in the initial cycles. And then you see uh, you, you planned uh, to provide this outcome based on these assumptions and these statistics, but you landed in a profit or loss situation. So uh, I think this is an emerging model. Uh, having a configurator uh, is a is a is a uh, what should I say the ideal way, mm -hmm. but uh, the industrial manufacturers I would not suggest uh, should look at this as the starting point of the journey. I would I see them as they should start fast uh, with one or two contracts uh, for selling outcomes and then emerge this model by building such functionalities into the system. Thank you very much. Good comments. Let's go to Gustavo. Thoughts on agree or disagree with Hank and or with Vishal. A lot of good material here. Go yeah, ahead. No, great, great. I 100% I agree with all that. Um, I want to add a few ideas about where AI and machine learning uh, are also taking a, a, a big uh, step towards uh, innovation. And I think that when we talk about uh, industrial manufacturers and we talk about providing personalized solutions, and one of them is outcome-based economy, is that there has to be innovation around the they're the in engineer to order, for example, or configure to order models that most of the industrial manufacturers have. So having the ability to offer their customers the the exact product that they want at the same cost that they would they would pay for the standard product requires um, AI and machine learning to, for example, be able to do a during the tendering phase during the quotation phase. If you're if you're in front of the customer and you're expecting that the customer is, is looking for an answer about the quote for the solution. How quickly can you use and get back to engineering and production to predict the cost of creating this new product, this specific piece of equipment with these uh, bundles of subscription and services? How can I leverage AI and machine learning to look, for example, at historical quotations, historical projects, and grab all that information to be able to get back to the customer you know, in hours, in not in, in, not in days? Because again, the expectation of the customer uh, is always I want an I want an answer right now. And second, for the for the company is you know how much work do I have to do manually today to get all the information uh, when I can use machine learning and AI to not only uh, anticipate lead costs and, and 
and, and probably make an assumption or uh, an estimate of the cost of making that special customized product uh, and using those those uh, those technologies to to make it better and to and to improve the customer experience. Thank you very much, Hank. I'm going to bring it back to you. Thoughts on what your co-panelists, your esteemed colleagues, we talked about how you want to reference yes. them, your esteemed colleagues on the panel today, <laughs> what they said about your topic. Hank, Yes, thoughts? yes. Yeah, I want, to, I want to pick up, I think, on what uh, Gustavo just said, and that's the, about customization and personalization. Customization and personalization, how do you actually do that? Um, the, and, and he also mentioned configure to order. That is really how you do it. You have to... Um, uh, you you actually have to have some way of identifying uh, very technically what the characteristics of your product are, and you need to be able to offer them to the customer in such a way that they can specify them themselves. And I'm, here I've made a little bit of a leap because so far we've been talking a lot about salespeople and stuff and how they interact, but ultimately what we want to do is we want to present our products directly to the customer and make it possible for the customers to be able to actually specify the products according to their own needs without having to go through an intermediary. Um, which brings us back again to the to the topic of AI um, and uh, conf solution configuration. Let's move on to um, Vishal. I'm looking at your statement number three, some new information here. Let's go here. So Vishal says, the success of this transformation is only possible with joint and synergized interplay of internal organizational units and ecosystem players together with process and technology information. And he's going to talk about the incumbent OEMs. Vishal, I'd love to have you unpack this, as they say in the news. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, thanks, Boni. So uh, I think this statement uh, talks about the critical success factors uh, of this shift. And uh, when we bring uh, this offering, to, when we try to shape this offering for, uh, for a client, uh, it is impossible to do it uh, with, uh, so all these industrial manufacturers are currently working in structures where, where they have typically a business unit for equipment, a business unit for services, and maybe a business unit for uh, uh, for all the uh, material supplies, right? Uh, and when you shape this offering, it is very important for all these units not to work as silos, but all together uh, and focus on customers. Uh, parallelly, uh, this will also need a play from ecosystems because, for example, if you want to give a big equipment as a rental, you might need to work together with a financing company to bring that uh, uh, to bring uh, bring that offering together together to the customer. So, because of this, and obviously, it, it would need this new emerging technologies we have been talking about AI, AI IoT, and uh, the advanced features like solution configuration. Uh, this this needs uh, also a startup thinking, right? It needs a shift of focus on customer experience uh, rather than internal challenges and compliances and a focus on uh, intelligent end-to-end -end processes uh, rather than the focus on business unit-wise. And again, not uh, uh, last but not the least, uh, offering value-based models rather than cost plus some margin models. So uh, I think this, uh, this, was the, this was the idea uh, of touching critical success factors uh, on this. 
And uh, the last point on this was, it is very important to act fast. So in one of, on, in one of the research papers IBM published in last quarter, 66% uh, of the industrial service manufacturers who are into service provider, they are already shifting into this uh, and they are already forcing a growth of 10% in service revenue share as compared to only 2% in selling equipment. So it's important to start fast uh, with a small model uh, experiment and then slowly scale it up, for, um, slowly scale it up. Great insights. Thank you very much, Vishal. Let's go around the table. Gustavo, right now you're virtually sitting next to Vishal, so I'm going to put you up on screen. Okay. Agree or disagree, please, Gustavo, you're on. I, I agree, and I am excited to, to that you bring this topic, Vishal. I think that I would, I, I would I like to add to that that um, definitely in order to be able to successfully sell solutions, um, you know, integration of data, integration of applications is critical. Um, it is very difficult to engage, you know, digitally with customers um, if the back office and the front office are not integrated uh, effectively, meaning that if you want to drive solution selling, there has to be collaboration between sales and engineering. There has to be collaboration between sales and manufacturing. Uh, and that's the only way that you can handle, you know, customer requirements effectively. You can provide uh, lead times uh, and cost estimates during the tendering phase, as we were talking before. So that's where integration and uh, ability to, um, you know, use data very much here uh, becomes so important. Manufacturers have the ability to understand, you know, what's the price point that they need to price out a solution. Uh, they have to integrate with finance because there's risk. And we were talking about that before. Uh, so that's super critical, you know, integration across the different areas in the company to, to manage the complex process of selling solutions. Thank you very much. Hank, join us, please. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, thinking a lot here. Um, I agree, actually, with both Gustavo and Bishal. I think that the, but I, I would like to emphasize a slightly different point here, and that that again is to to get to the to the how. Because yes, we want to do a lot of these things, but there are very, it's it, it's difficult to do them. We need we need actual approaches, and I think that's where um, Bishal, you called it the uh, I think emerging technology of solution configuration comes into play. And that's where, um, but I would I would disagree with the with the, the the thought that it's actually emerging because it's been around for a long time. Maybe it's only now seeing its real it's uh, it's only really now becoming relevant. But the how do you manage actually all the internal synergies? How do you affect those synergies? Now, if we talk about if we go to the topic of um, like data and now. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the term that was used um, was, but we want to be able to identify, collect data about our customers. We want to collect data about our sales and so on. And we want to analyze that data. How do we do that? We do that through uh, data science. We do that through through machine learning, right? But, the, um, but when we talk about actually developing solutions, and modeling, um, well, yeah, that's that's the important point. Data scientists actually do modeling when they're do, when they're doing their machine learning. They're building machine learning models. The key piece, I think, here in terms of affecting real solution selling is modeling, and it's the modeling of the needs that the customer has, the outcomes that the customer desires, 
to the technical characteristics of the product. And that's, that I believe is a discipline on its own. That's something that needs to be established and uh, developed in the same way that what is now called data science is, has been established and developed. Thank you, Hank. Vishal, your topic, you sparked a good conversation. Anything you'd like to say back to them? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I think uh, 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 I kind of uh, uh, see very important points being added to the statement. Uh, and uh, the, the comments around uh, leveraging AI uh, to improve and model uh, what Hank emphasized again. I would, I would, I would not use the word product Hank going forward. Uh, I would still uh, try to stick to uh, to shape the offering or the outcome or the service for the customer rather than the product. Uh, I I understand that you we mean the same thing, but uh, when we talk to our clients, uh, they they stick product means equipment or a specific service, mm -hmm. right? So. Yeah, I think uh, very, very well complimented. So, yeah. Hank, anything you want to come back and respond to that uh, request? No, well, only this, that um, I think Vishal's absolutely right. But uh, but I would like, actually, I would like to say that going years and years ago, I, we used to have a lot of debates uh, about um, marketing. And one of, the, one of the people, she was actually in the marketing department, she would always say, product with a capital P. That means products, individual products, and services. Um, so basically, the, the same thing that you're saying, but from a slightly different point of view, Vishal. Thank you very much. I'm thinking of the Lee Iacocca quote, people, product, and profit. Remember the three Ps? Mm -hmm. I did that on another show recently. I had to bring that up. I have to use a windscreen so I don't overpronounce the P's on those words. There you go. We have time for another topic. So I've selected statement number three from Gustavo. We're going to go around the table again. He says, the use of industry 4.0 strategies as well as automating the factory and supply chain can benefit sales processes by driving new kinds of product sales. Gustavo, I'm going to let you build this out for us. Go ahead. Yeah, great. Thank you. So I, I brought this topic because I think that uh, Industry 4.0, as you mentioned, is not only a strategy for you know, factory and supply chain automation, uh, but also the fact that in order for you as a manufacturer to implement Industry 4.0, you have to embed uh, IoT in your product. So your products become more and more intelligent and more software driven. In fact, the fact that you are making uh, smarter products helps you uh, provide individualized solutions. Uh, think about if you want to you buy a car and they put all the same engines for all the different models, but they just change one thing in the software to make it more horsepower. So at the end of the day, software is driving all the difference in a, a big difference in, in equipment. So the fact that we have equipment and machines that are generating a ton of, a, a ton of amount of data uh, that's an opportunity for industrial manufacturers to take the data and then make it a product that they can sell. So we're looking at sales reps in the industry selling more and more database solutions, which means that manufacturing companies need to be able to involve a wider range of other functions across the company in order to price those things correctly. Uh, they have to embed sensor solutions that can also be sell um, in, and measure the performance of the compressor if you're selling uh, solutions uh, based or, or the customer is paying for the outcome or for 
the usage. So all that data uh, not only becomes you know itself as a product, but also you use it to predict failure. You, you use it to benchmark the performance of your piece of equipment against others. Um, so overall, what I want to say is that data has become much more important um, and, and industrial manufacturers are, are definitely seeing that there is profitably uh, business models around selling the data to the customers. Thank you. Hank. Yeah, please. Did, Go ahead. yeah, I was with you 100%, Gustavo, until you made the last comment about selling <laughs> the data to the customers. <laughs> uh, that, that, I'm not sure how to respond to that part. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. We've, we've seen that. We've seen, uh, I mean, the first part of it. You know, the, the interesting thing is that we really didn't have means of collecting the data before. It's always been very, very important. But now it's really available, right? And I can think of scenarios where you're, you're, you're actually putting maybe an RFID or even a barcode or something like that on, on a particular individual product, um, uh, technical device or whatever, and you're collecting data about it out in the field or it's transmitting data or whatever in order to be able to factor that then back into your, your own product definition or your product development and so on. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Thank you very much, Vishal. Let's get you in on this as well. What do you think? Yeah, so a uh, very interesting uh, point, Gustavo. Uh, uh, Industry 4 uh, getting the data using AI to generate recommendations uh, and applying it back to close the loop. Uh, this is uh, uh, opportunity, right? And uh, I think one of the uh, very uh, important and uh, very critical point uh, for every industrial client to make this a reality would be getting the data is good, right? Uh, many of them would, would have the opportunities because sensors have been installed on those equipment which were sold quite some time ago. They, they will have access. Now, I, I think one more important point which I want to complement is the way the whole uh, multiple applications are integrated, right? You have IoT platform, which is on the customer side, right? And thinking of once you have sold the equipment to the customer, you're trying to get the data through that firewall. Then you are processing that data on your end uh, as an OEM, generating recommendations. And then you are, if you want to sell out outcome, right? You need some control in implementing what you have generated uh, on, on that machine or uh, uh, the closer you want to get to the customer KPI. This, this needs uh, uh, very collaborative and very uh, uh, for uh, 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 a futuristic uh, enterprise architecture vision, or I should say a technical architecture, uh, which can enable end-to-end uh, -end, uh, closed loop workflow, which is also intelligent and automated. So I think uh, that's that's important when when clients want to make it a reality. Thank you, Vishal. Gustavo, good topic. Anything, Vishal, you want to? Gustavo, anything you want to say back to Vishal or to Hank? Uh, no, I I um, I I don't know when 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 you were talking about the topic, Hank, and then you said I don't completely agree with you until you said you can sell the data. <laughs> then I was thinking about. For whatever reason, sustainability and how important sustainability has become of obviously a topic in the industry. And, and that's when I thought maybe the fact that manufacturers have to be able to produce, you know, highly efficient equipment 
And then the user of the equipment at the end of the day uh, is the one who is going to take, so use, manufacturing the equipment doesn't pr produce a lot of, um, you know, the, the, COO, the CO2 footprint in those is not that big for the manufacturer, but more for the user of the equipment. So if I can use that data and I can sell the data because there is, a, uh, there is a definitely an interest on the user of the equipment to be able to measure, you know, how much uh, carbon foot, footprint my equipment is having. I, I, I don't know. I wanted to bring the topic of, you know, sustainability and where you guys see sustainability playing a role here in, in the fact that we're selling solutions, we're talking about we're talking about outcomes. Um, I was something that I wanted to mention and just pick up your brain and. Thank you, Gustavo. We have about two and a half minutes left to the show, so instead of doing crystal ball predictions, we could get a quick future view of sustainability on this topic. So, Hank, are you up for that? You want to give me a, a sixty-second prediction or a comment on sustainability that Gustavo want to talk about? Yeah, I'd like to go back. Yeah, on that topic, I want to go back to um, 60 hobbits. Seconds. Sixty seconds. Go ahead. Hobbits and their love of gardening. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sustainability is critical, and um, and and the only thing I can say at this point is that I I'm I I feel bad now that I haven't really thought about it ahead of time to be able to work it into my in, into my comments here, other than to say yes, one hundred percent, more than one hundred percent. I think we'll need a part two. That might be in our future. Vishal, one sentence wrap up from you, Vishal, on sustainability. Quick. Yeah. Uh, so sustainable by design and sustainability in the operations, both will be the future for the customers uh, who are using the equipment and services being sold. So definitely a big role uh, of sustainable focus uh, is, is very important while we sell the outcomes. Thank you. Gustavo, you squeezed that topic in right under the wire there. Compliments to you. I appreciate I have to say, this has been a really, really interesting conversation. I really appreciate the way you all responded and raised the bar on each other's comments. This was a really, it was deep. Judy, we're still recording and we're still, we're still recording. So I want to say thank you to Judy Kubis. Everybody wave to Judy. She just came up on the screen here. You'll be in the video, Judy. And I want to do my closing. So thank you to Gustavo. Gustavo Milan at SAP. Thank you to Hank Meter at Echelon Solutions Group. Thank you to Vishal Chaturvedi at IBM. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Thank you also to Aaron Keller, our engineer at Voice America Radio, the Business Channel team. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer, just like Gustavo, just like Hank, just like Vishal. Everybody wave goodbye from the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.